0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. While we work toward a better world, we must also be about mitigating the damage that's being done by this present one. But, But don't think for a moment that if we've only offered charity to those whom this world makes hungry, poor mournful, or last, that we're, we're done with our job of, of following Jesus. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 268 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of survival, liberation, uh, resistance, reparation, and transformation. Uh, Our feature text this week is Luke 1141, and our title is Justice, Grace, and Charity Part 2. Luke eleven forty one says, but give that which is within as charity, and then all things are clean for you. My family and I were were visiting a few years back the Atlantic coast for my wife Crystal's birthday, and and though West Virginia is beautiful, Crystal's first love is the ocean. And and we'd gone out for a birthday dinner, and we were walking home with almost a, a whole pizza in a pizza box. And my daughter told us that she said we didn't need to keep the pizza and then suggested that we find someone on the street to share it with. And when she said that, I said, now you're talking my language. So while the rest of the family went back to the hotel, uh, my daughter and I, we began walking down the strip to find uh, someone to share some pizza with. And we met a wonderful, kind, uh, homeless man named Jeff, who who actually loved pizza. And we spent some time getting to know him, hearing his story. And then we parted ways and headed back to, to where we were staying. And on our way back to the hotel, uh, my daughter asked. She said, "Papa, why why do we have homeless people?" And I explained that yes, there, there's a very small amount of people who who, who choose homelessness as a, a revolt against capitalism and 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 conventions about how they should live. But but the majority of homelessness is the result of people being on the losing side uh, of capitalism, and we had a, a long talk about uh, the economy, about life. Uh, we even talked about the Parker Brothers game, Monopoly, and, and and she, what I believe rightly said, uh, she said, we don't need more pizza. She said, we need a different game, and as we, we we walked, we discussed the difference then between charity, what we had just done, and and justice, and, and how charity, it, it does harm mitigation right now, uh, but we must also be engaged with movements that are working for a world where charity is no longer needed. We talked about how charity also can actually empower uh, systemic injustice, although it's it's still needed until something more, uh, something just dismantles and replaces these systems. Um, uh, I shared with her Jean Robinson's analogy of, of, of people drowning in a river, how charity pulls people who are drowning out of the river and how that, Vital. Yet at, at some point, uh, someone has to walk upstream and ask who's throwing all these people into the river to begin with. And and I would add to that analogy: once we we diagnose who it is, stop them. We eventually arrived back at at the hotel after this long conversation. And I, and I completely over time just over the next few weeks for, for uh, completely forgot about our, our conversation that night. But a few months later, my daughter asked if we could drive about six hours each to Baltimore and stand alongside, uh, with those who were protesting the murder of, of, of Freddie Gray. And, and during our weekend there in Baltimore, we stood on the lawn outside of uh, Baltimore City Hall and a woman came over to where we were standing and sizing up my daughter and I, she, my, she, my daughter was actually wearing a black t-shirt with, with, uh, white letters that said black lives matter. And she, she carried a sign that said the same. And, and as we were standing there, the woman, uh, 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 came over to us uh, uh, because we were two of the very few white people present. Uh, The woman addressed my daughter very sweetly and asked, young lady, what are you doing here? And my daughter looked at me and then she looked back at her. And this is when I remembered our conversation from the beach. She responded, miss, uh, we're from West Virginia and we wanted to come and, and stand with you today. And then she said, this isn't charity. This is about justice. In Luke's gospel, Jesus tells his listening audience, Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no no thief comes near, nor moth destroys. That's Luke 12, And in this verse, the Revised English Bible uses the phrase, give to charity. Now, the Greek phrase behind this text, um, it, it means giving alms, uh, showing pity, or, or having compassion, or beneficence to the poor. And Luke's gospel uh, it describes Jesus talking to a, a religious leader in our text this week who, who Prioritized religious ritual or, or religious purity more than compassion towards the vulnerable and the marginalized. And Luke 11, 41, again, it, Jesus said, for now, but now as for what is inside of you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Charity, it was a, a core component of Jesus's teachings. And in the language of the gospel authors, the Greek root, root uh, of charity was the word to, that we today Translate into mercy. Uh, Jesus's vision for a new world was one where the merciful are not only prioritized, but they're also the recipients of the merciful world that they had shaped by their own mercy. In Matthew five seven, it says, "Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy." And in Matthew's gospel, and in a context where charity, uh, again, charity can be a, a double-edged sword. In, in this context, charity was being used to. Further privilege and, and to benefit the givers of charity and, and possibly marginalize recipients of charity even further. Jesus gave this instruction in Matthew 6, 2. It says, When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the, the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the kind of mercy or charity that Jesus taught was one where the recipients of the charity, they weren't further marginalized or sacrificed. And it was to to steer clear. uh, This kind of charity was to avoid uh, victim blaming, and it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't was uh, to condemn the poor for being poor. In a world where poverty was not the result of chance, but but rather a system that created few wealthy winners at the expense of the masses, Jesus said, if you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, and remember that word, is that's the root word for charity, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. And and all this leads me to my critique of charity this week. Certainly, there will always be a need for charity that lends a hand to those who are victims of calamity. Um, We're seeing some of that transpire right now in in California with, with all of the wildfires. But what about charity that is needed because of a system that places people in a position of need? Can we work toward a world where this kind of charity isn't even needed or it's no longer needed because we live in a world that's characterized by distributive justice and one where where no one has too much while others don't have enough. Rebecca Ann Parker's fantastic book, uh, uh, Saving Paradise, sheds light on, on how Rome Included charity in its system of oppression. Uh, Notice what she writes. This is on page 32 through 33 stave off riots and resistance, Roman officials distributed wheat imported from Egypt, North Africa, and Asia throughout the empire. So so, so this kind of charity, it was, it was riot insurance. Shipments from the fertile Nile Delta were so crucial to Rome that protection of them from piracy was a major function of its navy. The Mediterranean was commonly referred to as the Roman Lake. In the miracle of the bread and fish, large crowds Flocked to Jesus, hungry in spirit and body, and they departed filled. His acts of feeding offered compassion for the needy, encouraged generosity for the good of all, and even among those with little, and affirmed life abundant for everyone, regardless of status or need. This value system. Undermined the paternalism of Rome, which was built on an elite and powerful few having so much that they might scatter their largest, distributing 20% of their grain as a dole to the vast masses. The poor and powerless were expected to be grateful to the empire for acts of charity that maintained its domination. Jesus, on the other hand, belonged to the peasant class and working poor, and his relentless judgments against the rich and the powerful revealed how injustice betrayed God's desire for all to have abundant life. He challenged this paternalistic system by offering food blessed by heaven, not by Rome. And again, if someone needs help, by all means, we should help them. But with our other hand, we should be working on a world where economic domination systems, those systems have been dismantled. We can work towards a world characterized by an equity that minimizes the need for so much charity. As Marcus Borg used to st- used to say, um, and as my daughter, I think, rightly understood, the prophets didn't call for charity. They called for justice. And in, in, in Borg's presentation, Social Justice in the Book of Amos, I'll give you a link to it, he, he says Moses and Aaron, or Moses and Amos, sorry, are not asking the king's To up their charitable giving. They're asking for their contemporary domination system to give way to a more just and less violent world. And yes, we're called to be good Samaritans. And I believe that to those who've experienced catastrophe, that's our calling. Yet even here, uh, we must do double work. Martin Luther King wrote in his final book, This is his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos Our Community, page 187 to 188. We're called to play the good. Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will only be an initial act. One day, the whole Jericho road must be transformed so that men and women will not be beaten and robbed as they make their journey through life. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It understands that an edifice uh, that produces beggars needs restructuring. And this month at Renewed Heart Ministries, our annual reading course book for November is Dorothy's Lay's book, Theology for Skeptics. And in this book, she states unequivocally she says, Comfort or charity and justice are not split apart in the Bible, such that the church should ease difficult fate for individual persons with the new uh, psychotherapeutic methods and leave justice to the leading industrial nations. God does not c- uh, come with cheap consolation like a comforting lollipop from heaven. God does not console in such a way that we get something shoved in our mouths to quiet us down. And here Soleil, she is directly speaking to the kind of charity that merely pacifies the exploited as the Roman Empire once did. And in this context, we have to also take to heart Gustavo Gutierrez's wise words in his his book, The Power of the Poor in History, page uh, 44 and 45. He says, but the poor person does not exist as... an inescapable fact of destiny. His or her existence is not a political neutral, and it is not ethically innocent. The poor are a byproduct of the system in which we live and for which we are responsible. They are marginalized by our social and cultural world. They are the oppressed, the exploited, the proletariat, robbed of the fruit of their labor and despoiled of their humanity. Hence, the poverty of the poor is not a call to generous relief action but a demand that we go and build a different social order. So as we said last week, we need a justice uh, that is distributive. We need a grace that that manifests itself in a, a liberation for the oppressed, a favor that liberates. And we need a charity that doesn't perpetuate economic systems of exploitation and marginalization, making uh, many poor while making many rich beyond their wildest possible use of funds. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood this week. If someone needs help by all means that are available, help them while we work toward a better world, we must also be about mitigating the damage that's being done by this present one. But but don't think for a moment that if we've only offered charity to those whom this world makes hungry, poor, mournful, or last, that we're, we're done with our job of, of following Jesus. You can see Luke 6, 20 through 23, and, and Matthew 20, uh, verse 16, Jesus envisioned a world where where these, uh, it was a great reversal of these faiths. Jesus helped those who were suffering right in front of him, absolutely. But he also rode his donkey into the temple, the symbolic heart of of the temple state to which he belonged, and he disruptively overturned uh, tables to, to 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 protest the temple's economic exploitation of the poor. And Christianity today, we excel at charity we're not so good at, at, at justice. And again, if someone is drowning, pull them out of the river. But let's also walk upstream and do something about those who are, are throwing people in to begin with. Let's not blame those who are drowning for someone else throwing them in. And let's let's work toward a world of, of distributive justice. And, and as we do, let's also engage Jesus's other teachings on mutual aid and resource sharing, taking responsibility for each other's survival and for their their thriving people matter and again i believe another world is possible luke 11:41 but give that which is within as charity and then all things are clean for you, heart group application this week. Uh, this week, number one, I want you to share together uh, some more of the differences that you see between justice and charity. And then number two, list some of the things your group participates in that could be categorized as either charity or justice. Actually, categor- Come up with some things and then put them either in the category of justice or or charity. And then number three determine whether your group is focusing more on charity. Are you engaging the activities uh, of justice, uh, the activities that lead to more systemic change? Uh, do you need to be stronger in one area or maybe you need to be stronger in both areas? And and name, number four, name some of the things that you'd like to affirm and what you're already doing and then list some things that you'd like to do more of. And then this holiday season, uh, pick one from this list and together, uh, uh, do it. And wherever you are this week, thanks for checking in with us. Keep living in love, compassion, action, charity, and justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.